That's me sparkling Cupid love dust and all y'all motherfuckers out there who are going through it. You're listening to Social Misfit. What's going on, Misfits? Ow. It's Valentine's Day. Ow. And it's podcast late. Ow. I'm loving all of y'all. Ow. Thank you for tuning in. Ow. What's up, y'all? How we doing? Oh, thank you. I know. Thank you. I appreciate that. You guys are too kind. Too too kind. What's going on, y'all? It's another week. It's another episode of the Social Misfit Podcast with me, your host, Chloe Hilliard. And I just want to say, um, happy Valentine's Day. I am recording this podcast hella late. Yesterday was the Super Bowl, which we're going to talk about. And then today was Valentine's Day. And I'm glad I did not record my podcast yesterday because so much transpired from when I was going to record it to now. Like Kanye dumping uh, Julia Fox and sending uh, Kim Kardashian a truckload of roses. We definitely want to talk about that. So today's agenda, we are talking about the Super Bowl, Valentine's Day, and why we need to reevaluate what love is and what love looks like. That's uh, yes, we're talking about that. Um, We're also talking about Kanye being toxic as hell. We already know that. And Naomi Campbell debuted her brand new. Well, she's not brand new, but she debuted her daughter. Naomi Campbell is now a mother. She's a mother. I need to get that. Um, I need to get that sound drop. I'm a mother. That's from Pose. MJ on Pose. I'm a mother. And some other things that pop into my head. So I wanted to say up top that I did not watch the Super Bowl at all. Not one second, not one second, because I felt very strongly about where the state of the world is when it comes to the Super Bowl. For example, there is now a lawsuit being uh, filed against the NFL for their lack of diversity, which we all are aware of. And also the NFL coaches were dead ass in line with President Trump and were anti Colin Kaepernick, which is why he's not playing in the NFL. And so for me, hearing all of the hoopla about the NFL, even living here in Los Angeles, and I don't think it is not it's lost on me that once I moved to Los Angeles, they they won their first ever uh, Super Bowl championship. Uh, You're welcome. Um, But it also was interesting how. And I know people going to be like, Chloe, you know, Jay-Z. Remember after Colin Kaepernick, they they got into bed with Jay-Z, the NFL. Well, let me rephrase that. They didn't get in bed with Jay-Z because I don't want to be saying I'm attacking black masculinity, whatever. But Jay-Z stepped into the ring or on the field and said that he was going to be working with the NFL. They had a whole big press conference with him and the NFL commissioner, Goodall. And what do we get? We just get entertainment. And so that's what I'm trying to tell y'all. It's like, it's so annoying when we're saying that we have real issues. We have real demands. We want to be included. We want to be compensated justly and fairly. And all they say is, y'all could bring the snacks. Y'all could bring the wings and the, and the beats. That's what they tell us. Like if the NFL is a Super Bowl party, if the NFL was actually a Super Bowl party, they saying to the black people that come to the party, bring the good chicken wings because we know you like them fried hard and you know that your sauces and your dips is going to be nicely well seasoned. 
and also bring the music. We we want y'all to do that. And here we go being like, oh, I can't wait to see the halftime show. I didn't watch a second of the halftime show. Uh, no disrespect to any of the people involved, but Mary J. Blige said herself that she didn't even get paid for the halftime show. And I don't think any of the halftime people get paid to perform for the halftime show because they cover the cost of the production. But outside of that, you get so much publicity. So they're saying, why would we pay you when as soon as you finish, all your sales are going to go up? And Mary was very smart. Her new album is out. Um, I think it's called like Good Morning Beautiful or something like that. So she has a whole new album that came out and she delivered her all. You know, everybody's streams are going to go up. And they're like, well, that's your compensation. Why would we pay you when you're about to get all this world-class exposure? And I think that's just like doubling down on what the issue is. And yes, I know that when there are white people performing in the halftime show, they too also don't get compensated. But coming off of the civil unrest and the racist ass administration that we just had and the NFL still not hiring any people of color in their back offices to tell us, enjoy the show, dance and have fun in this dancery. Let's get it crunk. It didn't sit well in my spirit. So I did not watch a single second of the Super Bowl. I I also know that, you know, in order for us to have real change, we have to make some sacrifices. And I remember a couple years ago when everybody was saying we're going to stop watching the NFL and people did that for a while. And then it all just disappeared. And then on social media, I see a lot of people that I follow are at the games, on the field, in the stands, you know, having parties and kicking it. And I'm like, cool, that's fine if you want to do that. But then don't turn around and be like, but y'all need to hurry up and give us black coaches. It's like it has to be all or nothing, truly. It has to be all or nothing. And I think that's why it is so hard for us African-Americans in this country to make the strides that we want to make, because with that comes sacrifice. And it's Black History Month. And for us to sit here and say that we still don't have the changes that we want when it comes to systematic, systematic oppression and racism and exclusion in the workforce and also being compensated unfairly. You can't be like, but I want to party, though. Like you can't like when people talk about the bus boycotts when Rosa Parks was arrested. I don't think they truly understand how long the people boycotted the bus system. It wasn't like for two weeks. It wasn't six months. It was damn near like 18 months. So the city was crippled because they were losing so much money because African-Americans were not riding the buses. And what did they do instead? They forged their own cab companies. They did their own carpools. They helped each other out so that they can still go to work. And so if you want to talk about protesting and, and civil unrest and all that stuff, I tell y'all, I don't protest. I'm not going out there and protesting because I know that it's not the most effective way to evoke change. If you want any oppressive system to change, you have to hit them where it hurts the most, and that is their wallets. And it's not about going and breaking windows and grabbing everything out of Target. No, they have insurance for that. They don't care about that. It's not using your money and spending it with them at all. So for me, that means I'm not going to give you my eyeballs, NFL. Sorry, Super Bowl. I'm not giving you my eyeballs. I know I'm one person, but, you know, imagine if all of us, because all they care about is ratings, which translates to money. You know, if you want somebody to to all of a sudden change when it comes to racism in this country, it is not going to happen unless it comes from an economic standpoint. I was having this conversation with somebody and I was like, name a time when any civilization has ended freely, like, you can't right and so that's why the news 
about Mali was so interesting. So the African country Mali recently kicked out all of the French diplomats. Um, it is a Francophile country, meaning that France was its oppressor. And if you are not aware of what France does to the countries that are under its imperialism umbrella, they tax the shit out of them. They charge them money and they take the resources and they don't put anything back into the country that they're taking it from. So the reason why Haiti is considered a third world country is because it owes hundreds of millions of dollars in debt, if not billions, hundreds of millions of dollars in debt to France. So once the people of Haiti revolted and kicked in the door waving a 4-4 and got rid of all the oppressors in Haiti and freed themselves, France was like, we'll leave, but you're going to owe us money. You're going to have to pay us for us not being able to rape, pillage, and enslave y'all anymore. So add inflation, add taxes, and y'all will never get out of the hole because you will never be able to pay us. And that is why France is a shitty fucking country. Like when we talk about imperialism, that shit is not uh, black history. That shit still happens, right? It happens currently. And we don't have these conversations. We don't talk about it. And it's so easy to be like, oh, well, they don't work hard or they, you know, they got bad politicians and all that stuff. But it's like, can you imagine somebody coming to you and be like, hey, listen, I just want you to know my family owned your, owned your family many years ago. And because slavery ended, my family wasn't able to like kick up the way it really wanted to. So you owe me a trillion dollars based on how much money we would have been making if we were still owning y'all because slavery had to end. Like, how do you get out of that? I know some people that got $10,000 in credit card debt don't know what to do with themselves. So how are you going to have a trillion dollars in debt? And you want a whole country to pay that back? How? There's no infrastructure. And every time they make any strides, there's a coup because somebody, uh, you know, makes sure that the militia is attacking the president because the president isn't doing what they want them to do because they still want to be able to rape, pillage. Like, I'll never forget when I went to Cuba, like Cuba when the first the embargo President Obama lifted the embargo So everybody was going to Cuba And I was one of them I went to Cuba Had a great time Loved it And I remember walking around Being like So why What What happened Like why is this country So impoverished And everybody You know Loves to be like Oh it's because of communism But really It's because They had oil refineries And President John F. Kennedy was like, hey, y'all got some resources. You should let us have some of these resources. We'll like we'll we'll do a trade like you give us your oil and it will give you protections and all the other stuff. And Fidel Castro was like, nah, we're not doing that. We're not going to let you take our resources so that you can have them all. So then Fidel Castro, being a communist, sided with the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union gave them the refineries that allowed them to, you know, Get the oil right now. If you in Cuba right now, I don't know about right now because it's been a couple of years. But when I was there like four or five years ago, they most people don't have cars. Right. And so even now they don't really have the tools necessary to refine the oil that is on the island because a lot of the equipment that was given to them by the Soviet Union is old and obsolete because there's no more Soviet Union, which is also why Russia wants to like still be buddy buddy with Cuba because Cuba is so close to the United States. And if you are not been paying attention to the unrest that's percolating, a.k.a. World War Three happening right now in Ukraine with Russia it's always about it's about proximity, right? So Putin wants to have access close to us so that he can attack us, i.e. Cuba, which is like right there, a hop, skip, and jump from Miami. 
And he also wants to have uh, full reign about for the countries that border him, i.e. Ukraine, which also has a gulf, right? And they use that gulf as a port to bring in a lot of the oil that comes in and out of the Middle East. It goes through Ukraine. It's like one of the biggest ports. And of course, uh, Putin already grabbed that port up. Like he's like, I'm, I'm taking this area. I'm taking this coastal land. I don't want anybody being too close to Russia. I don't want y'all knowing what we're doing with all our nuclear, nuclear warfare. And in the statement that he said last week, it was like, don't start no mess, don't be no mess. Come over here and everybody, everybody, everybody going to die. Everybody going to die. And that's when you really think about it, like somebody straight up being like, come up here if you want to. I will press a button and I believe it because he is unhinged. So when you think about the political plays that people put in place to protect their own interests, right? You also have to think about America's role in that. And we do the same thing, but we don't talk about it, right? And any empire or aspiring empire like China or Russia, they're not going to about face. Like Putin has gone too far. He's not going to say, you know what? I changed my mind. I'm not going to invade Ukraine because you guys asked me nicely. Or I changed my mind since you're stealing our assets. I'm going to take my soldiers back. Like, no, when you say you bucking up, you got the buck all the way up. And so what makes us think as African-Americans getting back to the NFL, what makes us think that the NFL on a, on a micro level of an empire, cause the NFL is an empire. It's going to all of a sudden change its tune. When we start complaining about something, when they know it is not beneficial to them and it's not financially beneficial to them to listen to our cries you have to hit them where it hurts. And I did not watch the Super Bowl. That was a long, drawn-out way of me saying, I ain't watching the Super Bowl. I didn't watch it. And I really wish that the NFL players who are in the league and even some of the retired players really put their foot down. Like, I get it. You got a family. You want to feed them. But, like, there's something called integrity. There's something called, like, you're not going shit shit to shit in my mouth and tell me it's fucking chocolate pudding, nigga. Like every day you go and you play for people who don't consider you to be human beings. They don't consider you to be worth the money that you make. You you had to fight for them to even acknowledge that CTE even, even existed. Y'all leaving there with brain damage and terrible, terrible follow up, terrible research. No one cares. And you're all just like, well, this is what I got to do because my family want to eat. And it's like we shouldn't have to put our bodies and our integrity on the line just so that we can be paid a just wage. And I know people love to say, well, they make so much money in NFL players, but really, truly, their bodies are broken down. And you mean to tell me Colin Kaepernick kneeled once and it was the end of the fucking world? And now you have Jay-Z coming in here being your musical artistic director for the Super Bowl halftime show. And we're supposed to be happy with that. Like those days are over. Those days are over. Stop giving me pennies and crumbs, dog. Like, I just won't participate. Either I won't participate or I participate and I won't fucking raise my mouth about any injustice that I see happening right now. But you can't have both. So I didn't watch the Super Bowl. I have no wings. I mean, it's been really hard to get some good. I mean, that's one thing I did mess with, like the good buffalo wings. I haven't had a good buffalo wing in a long time, honey. And I ordered some wings and it just don't hit right. And I'm mad now because now it's like now I got to start cooking all the shit that I want to eat because I can't even indulge in the things that are tasty. 
because it don't be good. And I don't know if it's a, a result of COVID, of low, uh, low wages, preventing employees who know how to make a good buffalo wing from showing up to work. But the food is suffering. OK, we are in inflation. We are in a recession. The economy is on a thread and the buffalo wings are suffering, suffering. That's not even talking about there actually being a chicken wing shortage. This things are suffering. So I had to go to Trader Joe's and get me a bag of frozen chicken wings and I'm a have to make it myself. I do not have an air fryer. I understand that I do sound like a contrarian. I don't have an air fryer. My best friend, Balin, was like, you got to get an air fryer. It's the best thing in the world. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how that machinery works. I know, Yeah, I know I'm sounding very 41 right now. But I need y'all to understand something. I, and I don't understand how the air fryer works. And I don't understand the long-term effects of that. Like, I'm just now okay with nonstick pans because I feel like they've gone through a couple generations. But those first those first uh, batches of nonstick pans was lined with a hope and a prayer and magic. Because when you scrape that shit, it came right off. You take your scrambled eggs out and the whole bottom part of your scrambled eggs be all black, black little pieces of the nonstick part. Now I think the technology has solidified itself, but I don't really be fucking around with like the first generation or even second generation of like newfound inventions or updates and technological advances. I need it to be tried and tested. That's why when I see people jumping out to get BBLs, I'm like, yo, you got to see how that stuff settles down for a while. Like for real, you got to see how like the first wave of BBLs were first of all, if you wasn't going to Brazil to get a Brazilian butt lift, you was already taking your life into your hands because that's where they perfected it. So you just, you should have paid the $300, got your round trip ticket down to Brazil, found you a nice guy that had translated Portuguese for you and get you a nice Brazilian butt lift. Cause they've been doing that for a while. Okay. A while. And it would have been cheaper if you had just went to Brazil and stayed there for like five months, it would have cost you just as much as it would have cost you to get it done in Beverly Hills. Cause you know, they charge your arm and a leg here. So you should have went there to the to the to the source. So if you are here getting the first generation of Brazilian butt lift, you already know you was in for a rude awakening. Then you had the black market effect, right? Because whenever you have like the first thing pop out, you always have to have the black market effect. Then you had like the butt injections and they were just straight up putting like sealant and caulking in people's butts, right? Just like hitting you, hitting you with the heat. And so you walking around, you don't even know you got a damn tractor trailer load of cement in your ass. And of course, you had all of these things that happened to women, especially black women who were trying to cut corners or didn't have the financial means, but wanted to have the body that they now saw was a popular thing on all the social media. Shout out to Kay Michelle, who's been chronicling her terrible road with her plastic surgery and her butt injections. And now she has a new show out called Killer Body or My Killer Body. And she's going around and talking to women who have had their bodies deformed as a result of like these illegal injections and like really shoddy plastic surgery. And so my thing is plastic surgery. I am in support of it. I do think that you should do what you want to do if it makes you feel better about your body, but like save up for the good doctor. Don't cut no corners. I would never go to another country to get plastic surgery. There's a language barrier. Sometimes there's a safety issue. And what is the follow up? What is the post op care? Like if you don't have the money to pay for a stay 
with you nurse, like a live at home nurse or, you know, come to your hotel or your wherever you're going to stay in this other country until you're like healed enough to come home. Don't do it. Like, just don't do it. Don't do it. We're risking our lives. And there's going to be a generation of mamas and grandmamas walking around wearing moo's again because they can't fit into no motherfucking pants because the depends cuts into their fake butts and they just out here struggling. Just don't do it to yourself. Don't do it to yourself. Save up for it. Get the real deal. Okay. And also it's like, I tell my, I like, that's why I don't have any tattoos. Cause I really thought about like, what would a tattoo look like on my body when I'm like 80? Like, cause you know, skin sags and stuff like that. Like, you know, the elasticity is not going to always be elastic you know? And so when that butt starts to drop, cause you got foreign objects in there, what is it? How does that play out? What, what are you going to look like? I don't understand. We need like the first woman to have a Brazilian butt lift in America. We need her to speak out. We need her. We need to see what it looks like. Cause now it could, it could be like 10 years in the game, 10, maybe 15 years. Cause you know, the rich people get it first, right? So the rich people who had like a good doctor, let's see what that work looks like. You know, I actually talk about plastic surgery in my book and we'll have a conversation. We'll have a deeper conversation about, pl- about plastic surgery, but some of the first breast implants that were done were done in like the 1800s. And they actually were just like stick stuff, like, like wax and like cotton and lace inside a woman's bosom girl. Don't even get me started. Yes. Okay. It's Valentine's day. And I hope that you're feeling loved and wanted and adored. Um, even if you have to do all the loving and adoring with yourself, if you don't have any sexual toys, you should probably invest in some. Uh, we need to remove all sh- all stress, not stress. We should remove all shame around uh, masturbation because it's 2022 and we've been in a pandemic for two years. And I mean, I don't know about you, but you just can't have everybody coming up in your space because COVID is real. So sometimes you got to take matters into your own hands. And one thing that has come up when I talk with my friends about like love and romance and all that stuff is, is kind of similar to like this TikTok that I saw uh, last week. And it's a young woman. Her name is Camille. And she posted this TikTok about her dating experience. And it really resonated with myself because I remember being her age and kind of wondering what my life is going to be like but also now I'm older and I have different perspective I'm in the stage of life where I'm watching all my friends get married and have babies and find love and I had another talking phase yet again fall through my friend was like you know you'll meet the one one day don't give up but now I'm at a point where I hope I don't because what happens if I meet him and he wants kids and I'm too old to not be able to give him any? So it's easier for me to say I don't want kids. Okay, Camille is 31 years old. And she feels as though all hope is lost, possibly, because she 
has been having a hard time finding a partner. And Camille, I know you may never hear this girl, but you are 31. And and I know that doesn't make you feel any better, but I'm 41. I got 10 years on you. And let me just let you know right now, 31 is nothing. 31 is not old. And if you meet somebody within your 30s, you will be fine. And I know you feel like the stress is on you because like you said, your friends are getting married and having kids, but your time is your time. And also, I don't know what your dating pool is if you're only dating exclusively African-American men, but I would also strongly suggest that you open that up and I know that sounds weird coming from me because people be like Chloe you sound so like militant and black and I am but I also have come to this age where I realized that why would you continue to chase after someone who isn't going to give you the love and respect that you need and I'm not saying black men in totality but I'm saying if your dating pool is here in Los Angeles and the people that you have been coming across that fit the things that you think that you want aren't giving you what you need you may need to look outside of that now let me tell you something I have a couple girlfriends in the same boat as Camille and they're older. They're in their 40s and they're like, I still want to get married and I still want kids. And every last one of them is now like, yeah, I think it might be time to date outside the race. Do you know what you have to go through as a black woman to be like, listen, y'all, I, a black man, I love you, but I got to put me first. I got to put me first. And rightfully so, because now the pool is a little bit different. If you're dating someone in your age range, especially if they're African-American, that looks like a very particular type of man. And I've said this in jests and jokes on stage, but I don't date men who are older than me. That ship has sailed. I'm never going back. Never going back. Because I know what that man looks like. And I've met that man and I've tried to date that man and it doesn't work out. That man who is older than me, especially black men, because I've only dated exclusively black men um, up until this point. But now I'm re reevaluating things and, and saying, you know, if love is love, then love is for me. Okay. If love is love, then love is for me. But the type of man that I've dated, who has been the man that I felt like I was supposed to be with, you know, tall, dark and handsome, check, 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 older, check, um, educated some to various degrees, but some very educated, very professional, really good job on paper. Like, wow, this man is making a good ton of money. So that means he's a good provider, but then you got to peel back the layers. And I start to look, okay, if you're older, if you're older than 40 and you're a black man, you're single, you've never been married. What's really happening here. And in the three instances where I've tried to date older black men who were good on paper, I will tell you, each one of them erectile dysfunction because they had health issues that they didn't take care of. They weren't physically fit. They drank a lot. So there was like a little bit of alcoholism. And in one particular case, there was extreme narcissism and pathological lying. Another case, extreme mental health issues. And all three of them had mommy issues. Now, when we talk about how it is to date a man, you also have to think about where that man comes from. And it's not enough for a man to just be fine on paper, especially when you get older because you have different wants and needs. And also when you're an older woman, you can see through the bullshit, which is why a lot of times when men are older, right? Did you see how my energy's got the wheel turned up? Like I was like real chilling before. I even have this much heat when I was talking about the NFL. But now, honey, I'm charged up. <laughs> I'm hype. I'm like, oh, girl, here. They got the Hennessy. So when you start to think about mommy issues and how that plays out with expectations that men, especially African-American men have when it comes to African-American women, you understand that they put us in a corner, right? Because they want us to be the thing that they feel like their mother was or wasn't. And then they're not also realistic about those expectations or why their mother had to be that thing in the first place, right? Case in point, case in motherfucking point. I read a tweet about 
a woman. It probably was fake, but whatever. It was a good case study. So the guy was like, my baby mama got four or five baby daddies. I'm one of them. I gave her $500 to buy my son a PS5 for Christmas. But the other baby daddies didn't give her no money. So she took that $500 and she used $100 and got each kid a gift for Christmas. I'm mad because I feel like my son should have got the PS5 that I paid for and she's a low down dirty dog. And I said, you know, what's so funny when I was looking at the comments and in, in this comment section about this and people going back and forth being like, no, nah, she did ass wrong. She should have bought that boy the game. Don't, don't y'all remember when you hear rappers, especially or athletes talk about their mamas doing what they had to do? Motherfucker, this is called doing what you had to do. What mama in her right mind is going to let four of her kids go without when one kid get one video game? Nah, we had to make an executive decision. Each kid is getting something with that $500. Mama had to do what she had to do. Y'all forgot what that looked like? Y'all forgot what Meemaw had to let the motherfucking landlord over and go in a room real quick, say, kids, mama going to be in the back talking to the landlord. He come out there zipping his pants off. Y'all got free rent for a month. Mama did what she had to do. So don't get it twisted. Don't forget. Don't forget that your mama and them, granny, nana, auntie and them did what they had to do, especially if she was a single mother. So don't just sit here thinking that she's going to be a motherfucking mule and work all hard and not have to cut corners. She has to cut corners. That's called doing what you have to do. You here right now because somebody in your in your lineage had to do what they had to do. Whether it be on a plantation or in the civil rights movement or a motherfucking Jay-Z backstage, a hard knock life fucking green room. Mama had to do what she had to do. So don't get all fucking uppity acting like, oh, what? how dare she? Nah, you got to make sacrifices. That's what I'm saying. You got to make sacrifices. You might not like what the sacrifice is, but the outcome has to be what it has to be so that things can go where they need to go. And so when we talk about like these expectations, y'all got to be like realistic about what that really means. Okay. And so in my experience, I have dated men who wanted these expectations, but they weren't able to do the things that they needed to do for themselves. Right. You want me to fix you a plate, but you got gout. Honey, you better get this salad and go for a walk. Oh, you don't want to tell you don't want to go to the doctor because you feel good. Well, listen, nigga, you wake me up every night with your sleep apnea. So you got to go get tested. Okay. And if you're not willing to invest in yourself, why should I invest in you? And you want me to give you 100% of myself? And you don't even give yourself 100% of yourself? You don't even look after yourself and take care of yourself? Sir, if you and your bad habits don't get out of my face, get out of my face. So to oh, to young girl who's 31 crying, talking about she don't know what her options look like, you got options. It may not be what you want because, you know, we, especially as black women, have been taught that we need to have a strong black man and we need to hold him down and bail him out and make the T-shirt when the police kill him and be in a news conference holding back our tears, talking about he was a good man. We got to do all of this pain and suffering for the plight of black manhood in America because we got to hold him down because society is out to get them, which is pretty true. But what do we get in return, right? You get an unfair love situation someone who may not be 100% invested in you someone who actually may be jealous now let's talk about that let's talk about let's talk about the black men who are jealous of black women because society treats us a scant better than they treat them I mean a smidge a smidge better okay because just like how the police are killing black men the medical professionals are killing black women 
Black women have the highest mortality rate when it comes to childbirth in a first world country. That don't even make no damn sense. A black woman could be pregnant. She might not even come out. Her or her baby might not even come out. Or when you go into the emergency room, when you tell them about your pain level, they tell you that you lying. Right. Or you got to ask for your medical record so that you can take it somewhere else and, and get seen by a doctor who actually gives a fuck, which is why you should probably strongly, I strongly recommend that you have black doctors or doctors of color because they'll listen to you more so than white doctors. And that is scientifically proven. There's a study in 2016 that shows that medical professionals believe that African-Americans have thicker thicker skin, stronger nerve endings than white people, that our threshold for pain is higher, that we're more likely to have kids because we're more fertile than white people. It's just like a lot, a lot. So when you go in and you going in there with uh, against the tech textbooks of fucking stereotypes that are used against us all the time, which is why African-Americans are under-medicated and, and white Americans are over-medicated and that's why white Americans are succumbing to the opioid crisis which is now why President Biden has set aside millions of dollars to help with drug rehabilitation and of course the radical Republicans and racists said oh it's going to be buying crack pipes because of course you want to make it look like it's black people who are doing all the drugs in America even though we're like 13% of the population okay and we ain't, we ain't going to rehab like y'all going to rehab so Y'all want to make it look bad when a president is saying America has a drug problem and I want to do something to help addicts ease their way into rehabilitation. And someone takes that news nugget and they say, oh, they're buying crack pipes. And fuck you to all the black people who was running around with that bullshit talking about, oh, they're buying crack pipes now. We can't get student loan forgiveness, but you're buying crack pipes. Like if you don't read the fucking article, like I get it. The media is doing a bad job because you have people with ulterior motives, people with racial bias and people who are straight up racist who are running these publications and these news channels and they are definitely not about to paint an equal picture because they have their own vested interests or their racial bias right so if you are an editor and you get a news story and you're racist of course you're going to slant it to be racist and then we just have as a public have to say, oh, the media. And it's like, we have to stop saying the media as a monolith. And we have to start looking at the editors because I was a former journalist. And I can tell you right now, I've had editors that were amazing. And I have editors that were not amazing. And they put their own personal preference or perspective into an article. And so when you see things that are published, it's not that the media as a whole is the people who are in place to have who have allowed it to be that way. So we got to start calling out these editors, these executive editors, these managing editors, these editor in chiefs, and these motherfuckers fucking boards that allow these fucking op-eds to go out or these half-ass interviews to go out and it's not founded in any truth or reality so that's an aside okay i forgot what i was saying (laughs) i'm not even high i truly went on such a rant such a tangent i forgot what i was saying um okay black men and dan so when it comes to the obstacles that black women have to face there are a lot but we don't get consoled and comforted the way in which black men want us to console and comfort them. Case in point, whenever there's a black woman who is murdered by the police, there's not as much of an outcry as it is when it's a black guy or a black kid. And I get it. It happens more frequently, but it doesn't mean that the pain is any less because it's a black woman versus a black man. And we need the support and the love and adoration that y'all want from us and expect from us. So if you are a black woman and you are dating and you're finding that you're coming across people especially I know Valentine's Day is very emotional for people. And I just want to say for myself, Valentine's Day has never been a day for me as a single woman. I've been single a very long time. 
she's she still entertains. Don't get it twisted. She still entertains. I still have suitors in in you know love interests, but I'm not in a committed relationship. And I understand that the pressure to feel as though you are less than a woman because you don't have that partner if you don't have that child. And Camille, honey, you are 31 years old. You have plenty of time to meet a partner and have children. You can meet somebody tomorrow. But you also have to maybe, like I said, cast a wider net and be a little bit more open. And I didn't even feel comfortable doing that myself. Not that I didn't feel comfortable doing that myself, but I didn't even really think of it as an option until I got older, until I moved to Los Angeles. Um, I ain't gonna lie, there's some cute ass white guys out here, like cute, like and spicy white, not just not Americana, not Americana, like all American, not, not, not American hamburger white. Let's say I'm not talking about hamburger white. I'm talking about like spicy, spicy white, like families from another country and they're here um you know they speak another language you know what i'm saying like they they got a little olive complexiveness into the and they got like a smidge of melanin you know what i'm saying like spicy white um that got me being like oh okay all right i didn't know the options because in new york city like the white guys are very very white like they're like wall street white they're just not i don't know i don't feel like they'd be two-stepping or anything like that um, not to say that I need a man who is going to like learn how to do the fucking cha-cha slide just to let me know that he's down. But you know what I'm saying? You get you get what I'm saying, okay? But I was talking to my dear friend, like a brother to me, Monroe Martin, friend to the show, fellow comedian, former roommate. We lived together for four and a half years. I mean, this man knows me very, very well. And he has seen the things that I have gone through, the the fuck shit that I dealt with when I was dating, the bullshit, the excuses, the lies, the being stood up, the being asked to hide in the basement because his ex-girlfriend came knocking on the door after we just had sex. Yes, honey, she has been through it. And so we were talking recently and I was saying about like, mm, you know, I think I'm open to like dating non-black men. And he was like, you absolutely should. Now, do you know how shy Shocking it was to hear from a black man who's like a brother to me that I should be entertaining non-black men because we always get the guilt trip, right? Remember when Serena Williams first got with her baby father, her husband, and he was white and everybody was like, oh, here she go. Here she goes. There ain't a white guy. How dare she? Eve, the rapper, got with her white billionaire. Who's not really a billionaire? I mean, he has like a company, like he runs a company, the gumball, like car racing thing but I don't know if he himself is a billionaire but he ain't poor he's definitely a millionaire um and they were like oh look at E blah 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 and I'm like listen if you dated Stevie J and you saw him on fucking loving hip-hop wouldn't you be like you know what maybe I don't repeat that pattern maybe it's time for me to meet somebody else who's gonna take me to a whole new world like I'm just simply saying so I just think that you know we need to Think about all the options is what I'm saying. And I think black women, we need to look at all the options. So if you're dating one particular type of guy because, you know, he looks good on paper and he's black, maybe you find a guy who looks good on paper and he might not be black. And you may be surprised because I've definitely had conversations with non-black men about dating and dating black women specifically. And one guy, he was like, can you tell your friends? (laughs) He was like, can you tell your friends to give us a chance? Because like, we, if we like you, we like you. Like if I like you and I want to meet you, I want to get to know you regardless of whether, you know, I'm not black or you're black. It's like, just give us a chance. It's because I see something in you as a person. I'm not just like trying to check off a box. It's not necessarily a fetish. And I'll be the first to admit that I was like, I can't really trust a white man who be going too hard for black women. Cause I feel like it feels like a fetish. It feels very like slave master role play to me. And that's not what I'm about. Um, but then I had a conversation with a, a older black woman 
And she was like, well, black men fetishize you too. What's the difference? If he, if a black man says, I like a a woman with a big ass and a white man says, I want a woman with a a big ass, they both fetishizing you. What's the difference? One's black, one's not black. What's the big deal? It's all the same. It's still an attraction thing. It's still the desire. It's still the taste and the preference. Like, what's the big deal? And I was like, damn, you're kind of right about that. You were kind of right about that. It took some time. It took some time for me to see that that was, that was an option. That was an option. So I'll say all that to say, uh, Camille, you are 31. You have time. Don't feel like the end is near. You have no idea what the future holds, but also cast a wider net and don't lock yourself into some stereotype or some expectation. That's not unrealistic. And I will have you suffering in the end. And I think that's the thing that black women, I think are starting to wake up to, which is why do we have to suffer in order to like to keep up with the Joneses? You know what I'm saying? Like just to make you feel good about yourself. Like, why do we have to do that? And we shouldn't have to, we shouldn't have to do that. So I'm here for you, girl in spirit. And then she had this response after people came into her comments. This is her response to a lot of the criticism. But I swear to God, if I get one more comment telling me to freeze my eggs, I'm going to fucking barf. I am aware of my options. I just think that there's a heavy level of projection going on in my comment section. Desperate I am not. I can enjoy my own company. I have traveled outside of the country by myself twice. Thank you for all the comments about my looks. Thanks. I mean, I don't think I'm ugly either. I don't want to have kids at 50. What the fuck? No. At least not naturally, but kudos to the women who have. This is not, that's not my journey. I will not have kids. Now, I just want to say, Camille, you are 31. How you jump to 50, girl? You got, that's 19 years. You, you could have a kid in a year or two. You can have a child at 36 and be fine. Like who said 50? That's crazy. And also to the freezing of your eggs, if you truly, truly, truly want kids and you are worried about the vitality of your youth and your eggs and all that stuff, you should consider freezing your eggs. And so when I heard her say that response, I kind of was like, Ooh, girl, you're doing a lot because it sounds like, you know, when the kid says they thirsty and your mother be like, well, drink water. And you're like, I don't want water. And then your mother's like, well, you're not thirsty. That's how I feel, Camille. Like if you really, want kids and you say you really want kids you don't want to wait to have kids freeze your eggs if you have the financial and health insurance means to do so and then revisit it when you have a partner and you can say to that partner hey I've already frozen some eggs um, just as a backup because I didn't know when I was going to meet somebody and they can say all right let's use those eggs or they can say you know what baby you don't need them eggs let's get it down tonight and just get it down and then destroy the eggs like they was going to be periods anyway so Ain't no really no harm, no foul. You know what I'm saying? So best of luck to you, girl. I hope you find everything that you want. I hope you find the man that sweeps you off your feet. I hope you find um, all the kids that you want to and, and can financially provide for. I want I want you to be happy, girl. I truly, truly want you to be happy. So happy Valentine's Day to you, Camille, and to all the women out there who feel as though they have to uh, sacrifice who they are in order for love. And I'm telling you not to do that, but I'm also telling you to cast a wider net and find somebody who may surprise you and just be open girl just be open that's me sparkling cupid love dust and all your motherfuckers out there who are going through it now Camille you out here talking about you don't want to have a baby at 50 you know who had a baby at 50 well she didn't have a baby she had a surrogate Naomi Campbell is in her 50s and she welcomed her first child last year and now they're on the cover of British Vogue and she's doing fine she's doing fine 
So there you go. There's an example of how it it could work out well. Just make a shit ton of money, hire a surrogate. You don't have to worry about stretch marks. Have somebody push out that baby and then get on a cover of a British Vogue magazine and live your life, girl. Live your life. Uh, congratulations to Naomi Campbell for welcoming her child into the world. She did it on her own time because, you know, she could be walking runways from here into her death because Naomi Campbell is amazing. She's stunningly gorgeous. She is a genetic freak and her life and her career are thriving. And she was like, you know what I want to do? I want to have another me. I don't know the details of the baby. I don't know if the baby came from one of her embryos or not, but I'm sure she's already having that baby do the catwalk around the house. And you know, that baby is a girl and she's going to follow in her mom's footsteps of being fabulous. If not at minimum being fabulous. Uh, I just want this public service announcement to be very quick. Um, Kanye West. I know. I know. But just really quickly, I just want to say Kanye West. Let me just say it really quickly. Kanye West is toxic. Okay. Can we all agree to that? Good. Thank you. We all agree that Kanye West is toxic. And to all the men who are supporting him, I want you to take a good look at all of his antics and what he's doing from harassing his ex to uh, embarrassing his daughter over her TikTok account to stalking his wife and, and complaining on social media and threatening his uh, Pete Davidson, who's now dating Kim Kardashian, allegedly. That shit is toxic. It's toxic. It's not cute. It's not romantic. And if you think that you can make an excuse or excuse away his behaviors, you're really telling on yourself. So watch what you say about Kanye and your support of him. And ladies, if there are any men in your life who are supporting him and it's not just because of his music or his motherfucking Yeezys, then you need to look at that nigga with a red flag flying high in the sky because they telling you about themselves in a not so indirect direct way that's all i'm saying about kanye kanye is toxic you heard it here first which you already knew that this morning let me tell you how see let me tell you they they should have never given government uh agencies social media because y'all don't know how to act okay this morning at 501 a.m the bureau of alcohol tobacco firearms and explosives tweeted out Valentine's Day can still be fun, even if you broke up. Do you have information about a former or current partner involved in illegal gun activity? Let us know, and we will make sure it's a Valentine's Day to remember! Exclamation point. Call 1-800, no, sorry, call 1-888-ATF-TIPS or email ATF-TIPS at ATF.gov. Now, you want people to get killed, ATF. You want people to snitch on their partners who have a guns? Like, first of all, that's not how you approach Valentine's Day. Y'all trying to break up happy homes. Are you also going to provide um, witness protection? Because if I snitch on my partner and they got a bunch of guns and, they, and you come to the house and they snatch us up and they only take me, but they don't, they only take them and they don't take me. They're going to know I snitch. You don't think they're going to use that one phone call to call their mans and them and be like, yo, get Chloe. She snitched on me. Confiscate her phone and see if she liked that ATF tweet because that's what everybody in here talk about. Everybody in here that I'm in here with and holding and talking about the ATF tweet that went out this morning at 5 1 a.m. So, can you please go there, snatch her phone, see if she liked the tweet, see if she screenshotted it, see if she called 1 888 ATF tips? Let me know and I'm gonna let you know why I buried the other guns at so you can kill her dead. You don't think that's gonna happen? Like, you can't just ask us to snitch on people and you know, nine times out of ten, it's gonna be a woman snitching on a man. And you ain't going to protect that woman. You, you crazy. Y'all are crazy. 
Z. I hope y'all get sued by someone who tipped somebody off and then got got and their family has to hold a vigil. That's that's really morbid. But I mean, honestly, that's truthfully like what the possible outcomes could be, right? Like, what is that first meeting going to be like? Like, okay, so say I scenario, say I snitched on my partner because they had a gang of guns. Okay, ATF come kicking the door, snatch them up, take them to prison, leave me behind. My man going to call me like, hey, boo, they got me. Can you come bail me out? What do I do? Do I show up or do I tell him at that moment? Hey, actually, I'm the one that snitched because you gave me some fucking tired ass chocolate for Valentine's Day this morning. And I feel like you don't respect me as your partner because I be putting up with a lot. And you know what? I got fed up. I saw the tweet when I was taking shit this morning before work because I work and you don't because you be running guns. And I just had it. I had it. I called him. I told him, come and get him and all his shit. And now I'm not going to bail you out. So I see you when you get out of jail. You're never going to find me because they put me in witness protection. Huh, wait. Oh, I'm. They're not putting me in witness protection. So I was just supposed to snitch on my man and y'all just got me out here living in the same zip code. I mean, you know, he going to get out. If he running guns, he definitely got bail money. So what you want me to do? I know you listen to this conversation because, you know, you, you, you wiretap everything. So if you listen to Big Brother, you hear me and my man breaking up because you tweeted out something. I was in my feelings. And now you're not going to protect me because, you know, he getting out in probably like two hours. So what I'm supposed to do, you going to help bring a moving truck over here so I can move on my shit out. You just going to let him out and come back home with me. You know, he got more guns. You know, he didn't. You ain't found all of them. I don't even know what all the guns are. So what am I supposed to do? It's Valentine's Day. I should just keep my mouth shut. See how that plays out? Nobody wins. Nobody wins. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been a fun ride. I'm going to go ahead and uh, edit this podcast. I can get it up today. So y'all don't call me out of my name saying that I'm already slipping three weeks into my return. Uh, I apologize for the podcast coming out late, but it's still Monday somewhere. So you're welcome. Also, if you want, uh, if you have any suggestions, any tips, any comments, let me know what you think about the podcast. If you want to hear more things or hear less things or anything that you want me to do a deep dive in, I would really like to do a deep dive. I would really like to do a deep dive. So give me a topic that you would like me to do a deep journalism dive into and break it down. Because let me tell you, one of the biggest compliments I've gotten from people is that I, they say that I have the ability to take something that's very complex and like, boil it down and like help people understand it better. So is there anything that's happening in the world today, political pop culture, um, you know, things that, that that just don't make sense to you. Please don't ask me about NFTs. I'm not breaking out NFTs. I'm just not, I just, I'm just not breaking out NFTs because I've already did that. So if there's anything outside of NFTs and cryptocurrency that you want me to break down, please hit me in the DMS and let me know what you want to uh, want to hear. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. We're in this together. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening. As always, we're going to go out with our dear friend, my homie, Tim. Um, Tim, would you like to come up and say goodbye to the people? For what? <laughs>